Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome back. Uh, We did take a week off here, so if you notice a week uh, missing, you didn't miss a podcast. There was no podcast uh, to be found, but we hope you had a good Easter um, break and enjoyed uh, the holiday and and days off of work or school or whatever you do. Um, But yeah, we're glad to jump back into it. Today's episode, we will be talking about Pedro the Lion's newest album, Have Us... Havasu, Havasu, I'm saying it wrong because it's really weird. I've heard it in this, like, song, but I've never actually said it out loud. So um, I'm pronouncing it wrong already. But, uh, but yeah, um, we will be talking about this album. Uh, we have talked about Pedro the Lion on the podcast before. We talked about their last album, Phoenix, which came out in 2019. So it's three years since uh, Pedro put out an album and uh, encourage you, if, if you love Pedro, maybe go back and listen to that episode after you're done this one to see our thoughts on that one. Um, on that episode, we went track by track through the album, went really in depth uh, with everything that we love about that album. I think that was probably on both of our top ten of that year. I know it was on mine Um it's a great album, and so um, really excited to talk about this latest one, especially after three years here. So, uh, yeah, Nate, do you want to tell me kind of uh, what were your thoughts when you saw this album coming out? Um, any lead up to the album for yourself, or, or were you kind of just like, oh, new Page of the Lion album, and what were some of your thoughts coming into it? Yeah, so I just want to you know get the cat out of the bag from the jump i'm exhausted like andrew's tired too and so if we don't sound that coherent let me tell you it's not because we're tired it's actually because even when we're awake our brains suck and don't work (laughs) well um so i just want to get that out in the open um So thinking back, I'm sure I'll misremember things and not be accurate, but I was surprised by the release of this album, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't announced until it was released. So it was a surprise record in uh, mid to late January of 2012, and it was just such a... Uh, welcomed surprise for me. Mm-hmm. I was so excited when I saw it. I yeah. knew that the record was finished um, months ago because I have a friend who lives out in Seattle mm. that has connections with somebody who's close with Bazan, and he actually heard the record like oh. five or six months ago. And so I knew it was... I knew it existed. I knew it was real. I just didn't know when it would be released. And so it was still a huge surprise. Um, And it was the first time I listened to it. Just such a great experience. I think the record... So it starts very slow for me. And it doesn't start pretty. Um, the, The first two tracks are... 
And I mean, lyrically, there's a big connection. I think it makes sense that they're not wicked pretty. Don't want to move in too much. Just both talk about the tension of and the um, just great amount of emotion and stress that moving and newness can create. And uh, so when I was two songs in, I was like, ah, this is like fine. Like, this is okay. I hope it gets better. Mm-hmm. And then f- first drum set, like, really was like a step in a different direction. And I think thematically it's a step in a different direction for yeah. the record. And things start getting a lot more positive. Yeah. And um, from that point on, I just love the rest of the record. And now looking back, I understand don't want to move in too much a lot better. So I like the tracks a lot more. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, just overall was surprised about it. You were surprised too, right? Yes. I uh, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have not out, been. I found out about this album uh, from my friend. Actually, his first name's Nate, and uh, his last name's actually also Grimley. And uh, oh, wow. I actually do a podcast with him. Um, That's pretty but cool. He, this guy, yeah, he's all right. Um, but yeah, this guy texted me out of nowhere. We never talk. <laughs> We literally never talk anymore. Um, mm. But how does that uh, make you feel? Text me at it. <laughs> yeah, let's dive into this. <laughs> uh, um, Sounds sad. like it's bothering you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was so glad to see him text me, mm. and he just texted me a link to the album, and I was like, "Seriously, you don't even want to talk? Like, you just want to show me music?" No, I'm kidding. But um, but yeah, that's literally like Nate when you text me. That was the first. I knew this album existed. And it's weird because for bands or artists, like, usually I'm, like, thinking ahead and I'm, like, predicting, like, oh, it's been a while. Like I I said, it's three years since their last album. And so you think that I would have been like, oh, Bazan's got to have something coming up. But what's so weird with David Bazan is because he has his own solo stuff and now he has Pedro again. Like... It's like the guy could be busy and I could see like him posting like, hey, I'm writing stuff or recording stuff and still not be sure where that stuff's going. Like, is that new Pedro stuff? Is that new Pazan stuff? Um, And so this album not only caught me by surprise by the release of it, but it was like not really on my radar. Like, oh, Pedro should have a new album uh, soon. Maybe I thought about it once or twice, like, yeah, they probably are due. Um, mostly because we started the podcast um, basically around that time of their last album. And so um, just thinking like any bands that we talked about early in the podcast are due. I mean, S. Carey's got new songs coming out now. Um, Valley Heart's got a new album and stuff. So like these, these artists that we talked to right away are kind of like, I mean, they're due by now. We've had the podcast long enough that if a band hasn't released something, they probably should by now. Um, but yeah, I had a similar thought to you, though, uh, with the start. But but I got to say, there's something like, like the first song starts and it's nostalgic immediately. Yeah, like, definitely. It's so weird. I literally don't think anyone writes as nostalgic or as like perfect like storytelling as Bazan. And yeah. and I really feel like he's best at it with Pedro. I feel like he writes different with Pedro 
And I just feel like it's like his childhood. And he's just like, instead of talking me through a childhood story, he decided to sing me through it. And like, so there's something so comforting right when it started hearing his voice again, which initially, if you listen back, like that was a big hang up for me for a while. Like I didn't love his voice. I love the music, but I didn't love his voice. Now, let's not let's not misrepresent what happened, though. It's not that you didn't love his voice, and this is okay. Let's just yeah. call a spade a spade. I think you didn't like his voice. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I was like, I wish someone else was singing the song. <laughs> um, because musically, it's really interesting stuff. But, yeah, I, I didn't have the love affair with his voice. And I remember saying that to you, and I feel like I probably hurt you with my words, Nate. Yeah. And, that's, That's why I hadn't why texted you talk. in a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I want to say Bazan. I I mean, please correct me, but I feel like he might be one of your favorite vocalists. Um, yeah, I mean, you really like his stuff. Yeah, just to I continue. Don't blame to, you now. <laughs> no, yeah. To piggyback off what you said, one of my like, so, shoot, I think. Oh, okay. Sorry, something happened on my computer that I thought it crashed. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. I think Siri heard us talking. It opened up iTunes and started playing the record. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a dumb would... computer who won't even play me music when I want it. <laughs> so I totally thought my computer was crashing like it was earlier. So going back to what you said about the vocals, um, there's honestly... This shows how select company uh, Bazan is in for me. And I'm not saying he has the best voice. Like, that's not the point I'm trying to yes. make. So John Foreman of Switchfoot, when, growing up, from, let's say for me, third grade throughout, like, high school, mm-hmm. his voice was, like, the staple for me. It was that, like, comforting... Like you said, nostalgic, like nostalgic because of how long I had listened to his voice. Um, it And John Foreman, I mean, he doesn't have the best voice, but he has such a weirdly common and unique voice. We've talked about this before. It sounds so normal and yet so foreign. Like, yeah. how does somebody sound so normal and yet nobody sounds like him? And yeah. so... Um, but anyways, that voice represents like comfort um, during that time. For me, now that's Bazan. I think they're literally the only two artists that I've like had that with on this like really deep, almost I want to say almost spiritual level of just like this comforting presence. And um, and so when I listen to this record, just hearing his voice is so soothing um and it makes me feel stuff that no other voice right now does yeah and so the vocals are so significant for me and you um i think he sounds as good as ever on this um the for instance like listen to stranger and tell me this man can't sing like Uh, I think Own Valentine yeah. is one of my mm. favorites, too. I don't know. It, yeah. It's like... No, I, I, I get what you're saying. 
with later, but one of my favorite vocal performances is Own Valentine. I love that song. Well, and I, th- I mean, Own Valentine, if we're, let's like dive deeply into that track for a sec, because I think it's honestly, I mean, and you can say this <laughs> about a few songs on the record. I think it's one of the standout songs of the year. Um, dude, the melody, I don't know, like perfection. Yeah. Like absolute perfection. I know it's not a great one-to-one comp, but that song on on Valentine feels a bit James Taylorish to me. Yeah. And the reason why is when you listen to those like James Taylor hits, you're just like this melody is so sweet, so soft, so soothing, and it's perfect. Like, that's how I feel about Own Valentine. Like, there is absolutely nothing that could have been done better melodically. Yeah. So, I had this thought, and I want to, I want to, like, take this podcast somewhere completely different right now. Because I want to ask you a... Let's do it. Like, just a weird question that came into my mind. Because Bazan, (laughs) I think we can agree, is a... An amazing lyricist, an amazing vocalist, and a really, really good songwriter, musician. Yeah. Right? Like, he does everything. Yeah. So, I was trying to figure out, like, a really hard question here. I don't know why. But but here's here's my, uh, my question. Would you rather have someone else write Pedro the Lion's lyrics... Or someone else sing Pedro the Lion's songs. So David Bazan would do everything else. But if you were to replace his lyrics or his singing, what to you is more important that David Bazan does? Yeah, so I mean, I think um, we're just like, and rightfully so, giving the man so much praise here, where it's like, I just like totally talked about how this man's one of the best vocalists Mm -hmm. there is. Yep. And you're like, all right, his vocals are his lyrics. And I'm like, ah, damn, that's a tough question. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, he doesn't just do what for making you pick. And just like, it came into my mind. Cause I was like, if I had a band, which I do this a lot, just like putting myself in people's shoes, would, if I could outsource something to David Bazan, what would I outsource was kind of the mm. idea of like, would I want David Bazan writing my lyrics or being my front man, like singing vocals? Um, so, okay. I have my, I have my answer. Yeah. I think it has to be the vocals. And this is why. I, I agree. It's right, funny. This is why. My initial gut reaction is the opposite. I, I feel like you're going to explain it the same way. Go ahead. Only Bazan can sing his lyrics. Yep, 100%. Because he's that type of writer where it's like anybody else sings his lyrics, it lacks the heart, the genuineness, the emotional drive, like all that stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it has to be the vocals because of that. you, You explained exactly my thoughts. His lyrics for how great they are... Um would not be good if he doesn't sing it because he writes them from such a personal place. 
Yeah. And everything is so attached to his life and his experiences and the emotion he's able to sing with that you take that out. There's still really good lyrics because he's such a good um, lyricist in how he weaves um, words together and creates pictures. There's still good lyrics, but they go from incredible top five lyricists to like really strong, but not as standout. Like, no, I, I agree. It has to be his voice. But it's weird because, like, imagine trying, like, David Bazan singing some, like, pop artist stupid lyrics. Like, it would still kind of suck. I don't know. I think he'd make me believe him, dude. I think he if he changed the music, if he made it like a a straight up like Pedro or Bazan cover, dude, he I guess he'd sing the most freaking cliche lyrics, and I would fall hook, line, and sinker, dude. Yeah, I think he'd get me. Bazan is a firework. No, he could he could he could sing a random pop ballad and just yeah. and make me fall in love. So go let's dive let's dive a little bit deeper into the lyrics here. So um I mean I think most people listening I don't know actually. I I honestly I have no idea who's listening right now. And so I'm not gonna assume anything. We're gonna have some hardcore Pedro fans yeah. who don't need this explanation. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have some people who have no idea who the heck this guy is. And I think this setup is extremely important. Havasu is a second record of what's projected to be. I mean, you never know. Like Sufjan set out to write a record for all 50 states and stopped at like two. Um, it's five records about his childhood. Mm-hmm. And the different pla- he moved around a lot. So the different places that he moved. And so the first record... Oh, yeah, you go. I do just want to mention, like, if you're looking at the artwork and if you're like, that looks kind of similar, just different color scheme. Like, he's keeping an artistic through line as well between the artwork between Phoenix and Havasu. Yeah. Um, And and what I I heard, and we'll see if this comes to fruition. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. That the five album covers are actually at the end going to come together to create some type of bigger picture, which Uh, maybe they won't. But that would be crazy if if they're able to pull that off. And so and so Phoenix was obviously about his time in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's think about like when I listen to Phoenix, I think about him as he's like five or six like he's this young elementary school kid Havasu and I mean obviously he like grows up a bit during the record but Havasu takes place like late middle school heading into high school Mm -hmm. like junior high high school time and um, it's just so cool because you talked about how specific his lyrics are it's so cool to see that growth and how all these records are going to tell one continuous story. Um, and what's interesting about lyric writing is, and I think Bazan's is a perfect example of this, some, and this is true with all type of art, sometimes we think, okay, I want the listener to relate to what I'm saying. So I'm going to be say something that's true for them. And what ends up happening is, speaking of, you brought up like a lot of pop songs, 
we overgeneralize hoping that it will like hit and touch a ton of different people. And yep. pop songs often do that. Mm-hmm. What's beautiful though about Bazan is he gives you a moment that is so specific yeah. that you, I guarantee you, have not experienced this exact same moment. Yeah. But that realness like helps you put yourself in his shoes and notice how you have gone through similar things in your life, even though they haven't been exactly the same. And I think they hit a lot harder because of that. So like, again, let's just talk about own Valentine really quickly. Again, the lyrics of that, like dealing with heartbreak in a way to help us be more content at loving ourselves like his specific story of that displays that overall general truth and like such a powerful way. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sorry for rambling. No, you're good. I'm not really setting you up for anything, but so I I do want to interject, uh, a little bit how I think of it too, because with his lyrics, so some people, when they try to not overgeneralize, then they go the, not the opposite way, but they go to the point of making something really poetic so people mm. can infer their own meaning. Yeah. And the, the writer has their own meaning usually, um, but you can draw different meanings, and that's a great way of including a bunch of people without it being dumbed down. So they go very poetic. Bazan writes some... He puts them together really well like almost poetically that he puts things together but they are literal lyrics like i mean it's so i think of like um dumbledore's like memory pool thing i forget what that thing's called but like when he shows harry potter like the memory and Harry Potter's like in that memory, he can't really interact, but he's seeing exactly what Dumbledore's memory was. I feel yeah. like that's how Bazan writes these albums. It's oh, yeah. very much like I'm gonna write it as literal as possible. People will take stuff away for themselves because there's nothing new under the sun and even though his childhood is very different than my childhood, we were all kids once and we all like I think of like um is it his like bike song I, I this is bad yeah yellow bike phoenix yellow bike like we all had like a bike it might not be yellow but you can still like get the picture you feel it you pull something like take something away but he writes lyrics in such a way that it really feels like you're in that memory yeah. and it's weird because i feel like i've lived part of bazan's childhood yeah and i've never met him yeah. And that's why his lyrics are so good. And it's it's a space that I don't feel like very many people write in. Like that that style lyrically is very unique. Yeah. Um you might get that in like spoken word a little bit more. Like I feel like a lot of spute, um, like that type of a lyrical. Yeah, approach, the storytelling. Yeah. Um it's just it I love that lyrical approach. And I think One thing to touch on that's, I mean, really significant is I also think one reason why we're able to put ourselves in Bazan's shoes so much is even though actually 
both of us lived in our childhood homes our entire lives. So we cannot relate to this constant moving no. uh, aspect of his writing. But he grew up in a religious household. Um, and like when you grow up in a Christian family, um, there's bound to be some overlap. And there's bound yes. to be some similarities. And yes. so I think, too, when, for me at least, when I hear certain parts of his story, I do feel like it does overlap with part of my yeah. story in different ways. Yeah. For instance, I know this is on Phoenix, but Piano Bench, he's talking about yeah. uh, his parents um, playing music at church. And i just like am immediately brought back to like my mom leading choir practice when i would be there watching um because she was watching me and i had to just be there and i think a part of the reason why we connect so much with his lyrics are also partly shared experience um but yeah one other uh I think let's uh we don't have much time left and yeah. there, I feel like we could talk for hours on this. We could. But in terms of production and instrumentation, yes. I think they're yes. both really tied together because even though there are some production elements in certain places, mm-hmm. this record and same with Phoenix, very straightforward production. Yeah. What the production does is it shows you the performances it yep. shows you the instruments. It yep. doesn't hide anything. No. It, it's it's served on a silver platter right in front yep. of you. And I love it. I find it refreshing, especially yes. because I listen to so much muddied production stuff. Um, and th- even though it's uh, just focused on the, the instruments and his voice, it's very crisp, very clear, very high quality. I'm sure you could go off for a while on this. Yeah, yeah, I'll... I'll... I'll keep it short, which is it from a production standpoint, it's Phoenix part two. It's yeah. the same approach. And he, I'll bet you I'm completely wrong, but like, it doesn't feel like an album that he's like, okay, for this song, what's like the coolest guitar I could find that has the right feel. It kind of feels like he has one guitar and it better work for that song because he's got one guitar. Like, yeah. it's it doesn't feel like there's a lot of gear swapping. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of um, changing of instruments or tone. Like, it's basically like, this is what I have, plug and play. And there's something so cool and raw about it. And I think that's where Pizan and Pedro the Lion are like, I would love to see live because... Yeah you're going to get a much closer to live sound. Like that's how they almost record this. Um, and yeah, I just also real quick side tangent. One of my other favorite lyricists, Dustin Kensrue from thrice thrice as a band, one of my favorite bands. I mean, at times I'm like, they're my favorite band. Like Dustin and that band are obsessed with David Bazan and Pedro. Yeah. And Obviously. it's just like, it's one of those like game respect game things where <laughs> like to me at least it's like, like if Dustin Kendrew can look up to someone for lyrics and vocal performance and stuff, they got to be crushing it because yeah. in my opinion, 
he's just as good in his own sphere of what he's doing. So I just think that that, like, that's how I'll end talking about it because, I mean, yeah, if it's good enough for Dustin, it's good enough for me. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I'm, I was just thinking of the Dustin Kendrew pun I made, like, a long time ago <laughs> on one of our episodes. Yeah. Um, real quick before we end, I just want to touch one other aspect of the production that I think sure. is really interesting combined with the songwriting is I'm pretty sure he wrote most of these songs on synth actually mm. which is crazy to think of because they it seem is. like like you said it seems like he picked up a guitar he's like this is yep. a guitar I'm using and this is how yep. it's going to go but uh, just like a little hint of that and there's a couple places on the record but the most obvious hint of that is on the track Old Wisdom it has that synth work in the background that is somewhat prominent for the record and um, it brings me back to Blanco uh, which is my favorite Bazan record to be honest that's what got me into Bazan I'm not a lifer I didn't listen to him as much when I was younger and I would like to suggest if you are listening to this episode and you're mm-hmm. a huge Bazan fan, huge Pedro fan, yeah. recommend one Bazan record or one Pedro record pre Blanco. Let us know about it on Instagram. Send us an email. Always checking up on the emails, like like the old old people we are, and w- maybe we'll react. To, or will review an old record because um, I think I have a hard time going back to old stuff, and so yeah. I think it would be a great opportunity for us to get back because he has a ton of classics yeah. in the discography yes. there. Yeah, but yeah, I'd be remiss if we didn't real quick um, just quick say our favorite song. Yeah, from the album. I, uh, I think I know where you're gonna go. But maybe not, because we've only really talked about one song, so we'll you know, see. It's interesting, because I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I, I think I will say first drum set, but it's probably mm. also from the first time going through. That was when that song hit, I was like, this, this is it. And so I feel like that hasn't worn off. Like, I'm always really excited when I get to first drum set. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the best song, but like I love that song, so yeah. I'll say that one. Um, to me, that's actually really like the next three songs there, like three, four, and five are probably my favorites on yeah. the album. So, um, yeah. How about you, Nate? Well, just to quickly touch on first drum set too, I think it's cool how, and I mean it's it's such an easy thing to do. I'm not trying to say like he's a genius for doing this, but it is cool how the instrumentation works within the narrative. Like when he's talking about the fill and, and all that stuff. Um, so I'm going to go for me. It's a two song race between own Valentine and stranger. I'm going to go stranger because we didn't, uh, highlight that song as much. Sure. I think, like, emotionally, it's the one that moves me the most. And it's the vocal performance that feels the most raw and pure on the record, even though all of them are incredible. Um, And I don't know. It just feels like a a special track to me. And so I think he really uh, 
hits it perfectly on that song. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in love with this record. I would yeah. not be surprised if it's on my top ten by the end of the year. But who knows? Yeah. Anything can happen. Yep. We'll see. Yep. Anything that comes out this early is like immediately like anything this good is immediately in your top ten and probably really high up in your top yeah. ten. Like this is one of my favorites of the year. But it's also you have no clue what's coming out the rest yeah. of this year. And there could be ten of the best albums you've ever heard randomly and all of a sudden it's not on yeah. your top ten. But like I really love this I'm excited to have a little bit more nostalgia. I probably between Phoenix and this album lean Phoenix a hair um, mm. more. But for a follow up for my favorite Pedro album, this is excellent. Like it's yeah. really good. And yeah. he's got to start putting these albums every year because I can't do every. Three <laughs> I know years. it's t- it's like it's to gonna take him but... fifteen years like to get through this concept, which is fine. That's I mean it's probably a concept that that's the only thing he's looking to do for Pedro at this point. But yeah, yeah, no, and and I think for me, just to quickly give the overarching thoughts, I lean towards Havasu, yeah. um, and. I like the little bit softer approach of the record. Yeah. Phoenix is a rock record. And that's probably um, why I lean there still. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Definitely check out the album. I'd be shocked if you've listened this whole time and you haven't listened to the album. But I've been shocked before. So if you've not listened to the album, definitely check it out. Um, like Nate said, definitely give us um, something else from Brazan that we should go check out. I think for me, I know Phoenix, Havasu, and I know Blanco. That's basically the Bazan that I know. So definitely uh, give us something else. Maybe maybe your favorite album if it's not one of those let us know your thoughts on this album reach out to us on our email Nate already uh, teed that up but our email is listening at gmail.com you can find us on our socials at ldlpod um, and that would be twitter and instagram um, as well so thank you guys for listening and have a great rest of your day Stranger danger! Stranger danger!